Okay, friends, let's get curious and let's have a chat. This is Generation Jams. This is Dr. Jennifer, and thank you for joining us for Generation Jams. In this series, we discuss generations, what the idea of generation means, how people are similar regardless of generation, and where we are different, how we can appreciate that which makes us unique. In the journey we take in this series, we hope to encourage curiosity and open-minded thinking around age and the intentional building of intergenerational relationships so we can live, learn, and work together with appreciation. Joining us today is Naushin Samtali. Naushin is the founder of the training and coaching company Elevate Now. She's an empowerment speaker and trainer and a certified DISC behavioral analysis consultant. With her background in business development at Microsoft and as corporate coach and trainer with Cadence Leadership, Naushin has worked with a wide range of leaders across the world, helping them transform their businesses and performance for optimal outcomes. Welcome to Generation Jams. Now, Sheen, it's so great to have you join us. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here with you, Jennifer. Yeah. So first of all, the hot seat question, can you share with us if you feel comfortable what generation you self-identify as being a part of? Absolutely. I'm a millennial. So I love having fun, but I also value flexibility. This is how I see the millennials. Great. Yeah. Well, that leads to my next question, which is there are a lot of stereotypes about different generations, right? I think, you know, hey, boomer, um, we know we're all sort of familiar with the stereotypes around people that fall in, into the boomers generation. Do you have any thoughts about the stereotypes of millennials? Yeah. So um, I think the stereotypes of millennials evolved over time as with every uh, generation, because at the end of the day, what happens is when there's a new generation coming, what ends up happening, the stereotype is basically a comparison to what we've known in the past. And then as things evolve, so at, at the beginning, millennials were like very different from boomers. And it was like, oh my God, this huge new way of looking at things and working and et cetera, et cetera, that was big. And then Gen Zers came, Gen Zers came and now there's a different comparison that's happening, right? So stereotypes are basically comparisons between what we've known and what we're discovering now. But for me, when we talk about generations, I don't think I value the person more than the generation, meaning that each of us are, we're human being first. I value the human experience. I value being a human being. And who am I as a human being? How do I show up regardless of my generation, regardless of where I'm coming from, regardless of my background? How do I show up? What are my strengths? What do I bring on the table? I focus on that more rather than the generational piece. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you for bringing that to this discussion. So important. And in this journey that I have undertaken with this podcast, my intention is to help us see past those stereotypes, just as you mm -hmm. mentioned. So thank you 
for adding that and bringing me back to my center, which is we are more than, you know, labels. And I exactly. Yeah, I don't like these big bucket labels. It's just a short, a shorthand way to, uh, you know, say people that were born this this year to this year, whatever. So part of this journey for me is learning learning what I can from different generations, from all generations, from my own generation. I'm, I'm would be fall under Gen X. Um, but I am learning so much from people of all different ages and generations in the value of intergenerational discussions. But what I'd like to hear from you is what are you thinking about the future? What are your expectations of the future? What would a great future look like through your lens? So are we talking the workplace here? Yeah, or just in general. Yeah, so in general, what I'm seeing about the future, I have a very optimistic uh, perspective. I always try to keep that stance in life. And I'm loving everything that's happening in the market currently when it comes to people, meaning that especially in the workplace, people are taking their power back. They know what they want. They know what they don't want. They know what they want to sacrifice. And they know that they want to say no to a bunch of things that they've been saying yes to over the past decades. And for me, that says that the future looks brighter because it means that people will be happier as the job market starts to catch up with what people truly want for themselves. And so that leads into other areas of their life as well. So they're happier at work. That means they're happier in their whole life. So that for me says a lot of empowerment in the future, a lot of people being happier, a lot of stress being reduced over time, over the next maybe five years or so. Yeah. And I think that that is just such a great outlook. And I think that we all have learned from millennials and Gen Z in general, how to have boundaries around work, right? And not just live to work. And I think that's also something that's come out of the pandemic somewhat. But yeah, but I, I think it was there, you know, sort of the seedlings of this thinking had already sprouted in sort of younger generations. And I love that. Can you tell me what you think about the idea of work-life balance? Absolutely. So I think work-life balance is the biggest myth that exists in the world. (laughs) One of the biggest myths, at least. Yes. There's no such thing as work and life. There's only life. And as part of our life, work is in it. Our hobbies are in it. Our families are in it. Our well-being, our fitness is in that. There's just life. And then there are different areas of life. And as long as we start, we continue to think about it, work versus life, it continues to create that clash because the reality that we live in and that that we have been living in, especially over the past two years, but also before, is that work will overlap with the other areas. The other areas of our life will overlap with work. But at the end of the day, they complement each other and they also support each other. If we don't have a good health, we cannot work. We cannot be with our families. We cannot enjoy our hobbies. If we don't have a work, we cannot support our families. And by work, I mean business or work here. We cannot support our families. And if our family, if our family is not good, we don't have a good uh, experience there, then it impacts the other areas as well. And once we start to understand that and see life as life, not work versus life, 
this is when we can start to acknowledge it, accept it, and make the best out of it. And we start to then aim for what I call life harmony. That is working with all the different areas of our life, knowing that they're meant to overlap, and that's absolutely fine. There will be seasons of our life when one area will be more demanding than another one. And that's okay, because you know that the other areas will get the attention it needs further along. And so I want to redefine that the term work-life balance or work-life integration to simply calling it life harmony. That's my stance on what people call work-life balance. You are bringing the truth. I am telling you, I am feeling this in my heart and I am, I'm tearing up a little bit, honestly. This is, it's so, no, it's so powerful. And yet it's so, it's so simple. And I don't mean to diminish what you've just added because it's huge. How'd you say it? Work is part of life. Yes, yes. And I won't try to, to repeat anything else because you said it so beautifully. I don't want, I don't want to mess it up. Um, that's my, my acculturated Gen X work life. Um, I'm tripping over myself getting in my own way. Um, that's why I say we need to redefine it. And that's why I, I say that I'm on a mission to redefine work-life balance because it's a real mission because we've been thinking about it for so long as work-life balance that now it takes some time, you know, to, to erase slowly and, and input the term life harmony slowly. Yes. I am going to add that to my vocabulary and I thank you for that. So shifting gears just a little bit, I have a theory that if we break down these silos and just Mm -hmm. see each other rather than stereotypes or ages, that we'll be able to build meaningful relationships. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, Wondering, have you had any meaningful relationships that sort of stand out for you with someone from a different generation? Yeah, what comes to mind when I think about that is my managers when I was in the corporate world, they were both the generation before me. So that would be Gen X. And I had fantastic relationship with them because we treated each other as human beings. There was a human understanding between us. So I had a first one, her name was Natasha, and a second one, his name was Paul. And both with both of them, we had a human relationship where we felt comfortable talking to each other, communicating when there was issues and things like that. So it goes beyond the generation of what they've known versus what I know. Uh, we really lean to that communication piece and there was openness on both sides to listen and understand, right? I didn't go in to say, this is not working for me. I don't want to hear like with the mindset of, I don't want to hear your perspective, right? I was open to hearing their perspective. They were open to hearing mine. And thanks to that, I had a great work experience because when I had problems and issues and challenges while we're starting to feel overwhelmed, I would communicate about that. I will be able to express it. They will listen and then they will share their perspective and then we'll find common grounds and we'll connect on common grounds. So these are the two that comes to mind right away when I think about people from a different generation that I had great relationships with. Sharing an example from the workplace is really exceptional because I think that having that connection in the workplace, especially across a generation, is it's the exception. And what I'm hearing is what seemed to, to 
to make it work is intentional communication. Yeah. Whenever there, whenever we're dealing with people, communication is the solution. Too often, and that's how our brain is designed, too often we lean into stories that our brain creates, which is filtered through the experiences that we've had. So it doesn't make it true for the other person. It makes it true for us. But is it reality? Not necessarily. So we lean into assumptions versus the truth. And so I think that's an important piece here to, to mention. Communication is always the greatest tool when we're dealing with people, always leaning to communication. Yeah. And consider how much words matter. Words can be very powerful in helping someone or connecting with someone, and they can also be really powerful in hurting. And I think that sometimes people don't realize, you know, what comes out of their mouth impacts other people. And so making an intentional connection and being mindful of what and and responsible for what it is that we are putting into someone someone else's life essentially absolutely so i love that you're bringing that up because actually two things are important the communication piece but before that communication piece there is the self-awareness piece I know who I am. I know how I communicate. I know how it might land with others, but then I also understand others and I know what they're expecting from me. And then I can have a meaningful communication and connection with them. Yes. Great point. I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Have have you Mm -hmm. ever experienced anything either in the workplace or outside of the workplace where you came up against a stereotype of who you were based on your age? Oh, yeah. Also in the workplace. <laughs> so a oh, lot of yeah. my experience will be in the workplace. Yeah. Because yeah. when I started, um, so I used to work at Microsoft as a business development manager. And when I started, I started as um, undergraduate program. I started as an intern and then I moved to a graduate program, a very good graduate program that I absolutely love. And it got me, start- it got me started at a level that is higher than a starter level, right? So was right into the middle of the business. And so I did a few, um, I shadowed a few people and things like that. And as I started to meet clients and partners and things like that, I definitely hit the wall of, oh, you look young. And um, they would be judging me on, hey, I look young, or I am from that younger generation. And so they'll treat me differently. And sometimes they would also not value what I have to say. I only listen to the to the others, right? So this is definitely something that I faced at the beginning of my career with a, a few a few external people. So that was a tough one. Um, do you have any advice for for someone in that situation who feels like, you know, they're not being seen for who they are, but for the perception of who they are based on an assumption of their age? Yeah. Um, this is the one thing that I wished I had at the, at the time. And that is that self-awareness piece and that personal development piece, because that reinforces your confidence so much. Because now, even if they are showing you that, your confidence will take over and will direct their perception of you differently. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to move past that and lean into what you're here to do because you're confident about yourself. You know yourself, you know what you're bringing on the table. I think that piece is 
something that I wish I had already started to develop further at the time. I discovered personal development a little bit later on. Uh, but yeah, that's the piece that I will that will highly encourage people to do. Personal development, to build the confidence. And the confidence means you're able to be yourself, bring whatever your strength is on the table and talk about it. Yes, yeah, so important. So, I mean professional development isn't even something that employers are concerned with. So I now personal really, development is like lower. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, forget it. But do you have any suggestions for um, someone that's listening and they feel like they're not being taken seriously because of their age? How do they start um, on the journey of personal development? I think the way I started was start, starting to read books, personal development books. Um, that really helps because now it starts to give you insights on how your brain is wired, how uh, human beings are, what are some of the steps that you can do to, um, to develop yourself. One of my personal favorites would be by John Maxwell. It's called Developing the Leader Within You 2.0. So that is a practical book as well. So this is the way you would start it. And then if you're like me and you're more of a, a love social and engagement and, and things like that, I, I learn in, in an environment that is more social, then start to look, what are some of the conferences you can attend, the trainings that people are doing on personal development or professional development or skills that you want to start to develop or communication skills and start to attend those. This has been a big part of my personal development journey. I used to have a mentor who was doing trainings uh, almost every month. And I was there. I was there all the time. And this is what allowed me to understand that human side, understand myself better and lean into that. So these are the two ways that I did it. And that I would definitely recommend to get started. Yeah, Great advice. So kind of building on that and, and sort of in summary, um, as we wrap up here, do you have any thoughts on on the importance of having intergenerational relationships? And if you think it's important how people might go about stepping out of, maybe if, if it is uncomfortable, stepping out of their comfort zone to make relationships intentionally with people of all ages um, mm -hmm. and not, not see an age, but just make a relationship. Absolutely. And I'm saying absolutely not because of the age difference, but because of the experiences that each person, regardless of the of the generation, will bring on the table, the experience that they've been through that they can share with each other. You can be 20 years old and lived a life that uh, a 60-year-old don't even know about. And so they can learn from each other. And the 60-year-old have so much on the other side that he can share with that 20-year-old. It's not about the age, it's about the experience that each person is bringing and has lived and their perspective. And I think this is what being human first means. Let's see each other as human being and as such value the experience that each person will have regardless of the number of years they've been on this planet. I love that. I might have to rename the podcast series Human First. <laughs> <laughs> That's the approach I have in my work, uh, the human first approach. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. 
For our listeners, if anyone is interested in getting in touch with you to find out more information about you or your work, where can they reach you? The best place to reach me will be on LinkedIn. So that will be my name, Naushin Samteli. And then on the recording of this podcast, you would have seen uh, my website somewhere around it. So you can also find me over there. Great. Thank you. So I appreciate so much having the chance to chat with you about this. I am bringing so much away from this that I'm thankful for. And I appreciate the time that you've shared and the experience that you've shared with us. And really, you have inspired me. And I look forward to having continued wonderful conversations in this journey. So thank you so much, Naushin. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks you. Thank you for having me and giving me a platform to hear to share uh, my thoughts and ideas with your listeners. Uh, every time I have this opportunity, I really enjoy it because it means I get to share with people that I do not know. And so, thank you for that. Great, absolutely. Thank you for joining us for Generation Jams as we journey to better understand generations and how we can live, learn, and work together. Follow us wherever you find your podcasts or listen to us on 360 Talk Radio for Women.